It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. You're listening to the MLB Pipeline Podcast with your host, Ed Randall. Hi, everybody. I'm Ed Randall, and welcome to the MLB.com Pipeline Podcast. I'm joined by our draft and minor league experts, Jim Callis and Jonathan Mayo. Guys, great to be with you. Uh, Jim Callis, our esteemed colleague, is out with his list of top 25 rookies. Let the debate begin, Jim. Yeah, there, there, there was plenty of debate when we released that list on, on Friday, Ed, and and just to emphasize, I think some people missed this point. I was not ranking who's had the best rookie season. It wasn't just simply lining up, you know, okay, these are the, rookie, the rookies of the year. This is a story I did last year for our Sports on Earth site. It's looking at this year's rookie crop, which is about as talented as I've ever seen, and who's going to be the best player in the long run. So I don't think I offended anybody too greatly with the first two guys on my list, Carlos Correa of the Astros, Chris Bryant of the Cubs, who very well may be the rookies of the year in their two leagues. Uh, you know, certainly we'll, we'll get a lot of votes for that. Uh, P.I., people thought I started to go off the rails at number three when I went with Byron Buxton, who's still number one on our MLB pipeline, top 100. Um, and again, this is not based on this season. This is based on long term. And Byron Buxton has better tools than anybody on this list. It's, it's, it's five tools. The worst tool is probably plus power. Everything else is at least plus plus. I came back after that. Uh, you know, we, we did factor all around value in here. So I, I went. I went with some defensive value. And these guys can hit too. Obviously, I had Francisco Lindor four, Addison Russell five. Some people thought I was a little bit low on Miguel Sano, who's been tearing it up. Uh, Noah Syndergaard was was the top pitcher on the list at number seven, and and again I think because people were looking uh, somewhat at how guys were doing this year, and you know it, it, I respect these guys, but I, I took an awful lot of heat for not even including Matt Duffy or Randall Grichik or or Eddie Rosario at all in the top 25, which was not so much a a slam of those guys, at least from my perspective. It, this list is just so deep. I mean, the 25th guy on the list I had was Stephen Piscotty. Uh, who you know I think is going to be a very solid regular for a long time. This is just a historic rookie class. Jonathan, what do you I, think? Um, uh, what do you think of Jim's rankings? And uh, is there anybody not on Jim's list uh, that you would have included? Yeah, he got it all wrong. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm scrolling through some of the comments. I mean, listen. Fact of the matter is, we do a lot of these stories to elicit uh, opinion and debates. Um, it is. It always makes us chuckle a little bit because people do get very, very upset, uh, which is fine if they understand what the, the crux of the article is supposed to be. Uh, and most of the people who got upset didn't completely understand that Jim was looking at long-term value. Um, so, you know, he upset a lot of Cardinal fans with, you know, Randall Greichuk and, and Stephen Piscotti maybe being underranked. My favorite comment, by the way, is this one saying, I'm saving this article for you, Mr. Callis, for 2045. Doc Brown has taken the DeLorean into the future and found out that Branch Rickey actually in, invented the flux capacitor. I'm not going to go on. I just thought that was uh, comical. Uh, the rest <laughs> of what he said didn't make a whole lot of sense, but I thought that was funny. I would say um, the one guy that was 
brought up by people that I thought needed to be on there was uh, Roberto Osuna of the Blue Jays. Yeah, and um, I, I thought about him a lot. You know, I took a lot of heat from Toronto because not only <laughs> did I not have Roberto Osuna on there, I did not have Devin Travis or Alex Sanchez on there. And I, I like Osuna a lot. The, the reason I left him off is, I, I mean, I do think he has a chance to start. I don't think he's necessarily going to be relegated to the bullpen forever. But I, I do think there's a chance he is a reliever, which is the same reason uh, I didn't put Alex Sanchez on this list. And I mean, I, I look at the lowest-ranked pitchers I have on this list, you know, guys like Andrew Heaney and Ray Cell Iglesias, and, and I don't think people realize what a great season Ray Cell Iglesias has had in right. the second half. I think those guys are solid number three starters, and it was just tough. I mean, I, I like Asuna, but again, it's uh, I really, you know, it's funny. Last year I did this list for, for Sports on Earth. I went 12 deep, and I could have maybe gone 15 deep. I mean, this year I have guys like Michael Conforto at 16, Aaron Nola at 17. You know, Greg Birdie's come up and had a, a great you know month and a half with the Yankees at 21. I could have gone 40 deep, and I still would have left guys off who probably would have would, would have angered people. It's it's an unbelievable was, rookie class. Yeah, I mean, he was really the one guy that really stood just because. I mean, even if he ends up as a closer, it's, I think he has a chance to be a premium closer. And um, you know, I might have put him ahead of a guy like Kendall Marte. I mean, we're and we're and we're parsing. I know you put Greg Bird on there only to to assuage the Yankee fans who think that we hate Greg Bird. So it's fine. I understand that you're trying to to make the Yankee fans happy uh, by by putting him there. But uh, you know, other than that, it, other than that, I think it's you know it, it is a good list. It's certainly a, a good exercise. I do enjoy the Twins fans who keep telling us that Eddie Rosario is better than Byron Buxton. Yeah, you know, it's, and these things are fun. I mean, again, it's I, I'm not complaining. I mean, one of the fun things about doing this is you get in. I interacted on Twitter for a while with fans asking about why is player X missing or. You know, like if you know about guys who didn't qualify. You know, where would Corey Seager fit, or where would Stephen Matz fit, and things like that. It's fun, but it's tough when you're actually putting these guys in order. Sure. One to twenty-five. I mean, I, like I said, I could easily listed forty rookies I liked, and, and you know, and I, I'm not saying that just for purposes of, of hyping the story, but this is a historic rookie class. You know, I think in a typical year there might be you know fifteen rookies you feel pretty good about long term. Uh, you know, this was just a deep cry. I like guys, you know, you know, I didn't even take any heat for a guy like Vincent Velasquez, and I really like Vincent Velasquez a lot for the Astros. He came up and, you know, needs to throw a few more strikes, but was very effective as a starter when they needed him in the rotation. And, and I couldn't find room for Vincent Velasquez on here. It's just, it's crazy. I, I ran this list by a couple, couple pro, pro scouts, and I had one guy say, you know, here's five guys who could put on the list, but, but looking at your list, uh, you know, I don't know who you'd take Where off of that. You know, they're, they're yeah. just, it's just, it's such a deep list. I mean, you and I both, I think, are, are Andrew Heaney fans. I, we both liked the Angels going out and getting him last year. We thought that was a smart move, and, and he's actually pitched very well this year for the yep. Angels. And I just couldn't put him higher than 22. It, it's tough. You know, Michael Conforto, I mean, Michael Conforto is a guy who went from last year's draft. He was probably the second-best college hitter in the draft behind Kyle Schwarber. He, he comes up to, to City Field much earlier than expected and performs well, and I, I couldn't put him higher than 16. It's just it, it's a crazy, crazy deep rookie crop, and I, I think we're going to be excited you know, watching these guys uh, in the long run. And I, I know you're with me on this one. I, I just say to all the Byron Buxton doubters, the guy's 21. He's got the best all-around tools of anybody to come through the minors since Mike Trout. I'm not saying he's going to be Mike Trout because Mike Trout's been about as good as any young player ever. But Byron Buxton is going to be a superstar. Just give the guy some time. Okay. And you heard it here. Jim Callis says that Byron Buxton will be better than Mike Trout. We you heard, heard it. it. And, and now I can get killed on Twitter again. 
<laughs> I'm going to put that in the vault, and I'm glad we got yeah. all that settled now. Uh, the uh, start of the Arizona Fall League season is uh, creeping up on us, guys. Who's going to use the AFL, Jim, uh, to catch up for lost time from injury? Let's start first with the pitchers. Yeah, you know, that's one of the best things about the AFL is it allows teams to give extra at-bats and innings to guys who missed them during the season, who, who had injuries that weren't too serious to shut them down but, but cost them some playing time. And at the same time, too, you can really, you know, it's a lot easier to keep an eye on these guys, you know, when you're in the AFL than necessarily winter ball. But, but three pitchers who jumped out at me, um, the best pitcher in the league, Alex Reyes, I, you know, if he stays healthy, he had some minor shoulder soreness that shut him down for about a month and cost him uh, pitching in the Futures game. If it, wasn't, uh, if it wasn't for that, I don't think we see him in the Fall League, but he'll probably get another you know, 30 innings or so uh, you know, on his arm. He, he's clearly the best pitching prospect to me in the league. Um, a first-round pick from the 2014 draft who only pitched 47 innings this year, Kyle Freeland of, of the Rockies. He had some bone chips in his elbow, which the Rockies knew were going to need surgery at some point. They had that done early in the year. Then he had some shoulder fatigue, so he only got 47 innings. So this will be very valuable for him because I think you get him some innings here in the fall league, you start him in double-A next year, and he can move quickly when healthy. And probably the most, I don't know if he's the most intriguing, but one of the most intriguing guys in the fall league and one of the most injured guys in the fall league, had probably the longest medical report of maybe anybody there, is Ray Black of the Giants, who was a seventh-round pick in 2011. He, going back to his days at Pitt in college, he's had elbow, knee, shoulder, lat issues. He did not make his pro debut until 2014, had the lat issues this year, so only pitched 25 innings. He's only pitched 60 innings in pro ball, even though he signed in 2011. But this guy is probably, well, not even probably, he's the hardest thrower in minor league baseball. He consistently hits 100 miles an hour in relief. He can hit 103. He's got a pretty nifty curve at times, too. And if there's ever a guy who needed innings, it's Ray Black. If the Giants could keep this guy healthy for a full season, you know, if they could keep him healthy for all 2016, he probably finishes the year in the big leagues. John, what about, Jonathan, what about the pitchers on your end? Yeah, I, I've got three as well, uh, and I think I probably win in terms of just bizarre reasons for for injuries. Uh, we'll start with a guy who is actually in the the big leagues. He's not even a prospecting one. That's Jared Cozart of the Marlins, uh, who missed two months with an inner ear disorder, uh, and then you know did manage to, to come back and then suffered a, a minor wrist contusion uh, not long ago in pitching in the big leagues. That uh, you know he, he just didn't. Pitch that much, so he's going to to get some more innings. You don't often see guys who are uh, sort of quote unquote established uh, in in the big league, like you know, Kozart would have been if he you know hadn't had this inner ear issue. Um, and then you've got Lucas Sims uh, of the Braves, who you know, had 92 innings total, which isn't bad, but he was one of the players that was involved in the in the bus accident the, when he was with the Carolina Mudcats in May, and he ended up on the disabled list and, and missed a little over a month and a half of the season. So, again, a uh, chance for him to, to pick up some, some lost innings uh, with the Braves also face higher-level competition. I think it's sort of a, a good combination because he did end up in double-A in at season's end. And, uh, and then the third guy on my list is Sean Manaya. If you remember, he was a guy who was being bandied about as a potential number one overall pick, uh, had uh, some injury issues his, his junior season slid a little bit. The Royals were creative with their pool money, were able to sign him, and then they traded him uh, for Ben Zobrist, 
at the at the deadline. He didn't pitch until late June this year. He had a, an abdominal injury, uh, so he only threw uh, 74, just over 74 innings this year. Uh, and this is a guy who is starting to reach the upper levels of the system. So he's a guy who not only can make up for lost innings, but I think uh, if he throws well in the fall league, that could act as a springboard, and he could be a guy that uh, the A's might call on at some point in 2016 in the big leagues. Jim, talk to us about the hitters in the AFL uh, looking to catch up for lost time. Hey, Ed, why don't you – I'm sorry, I'm about to sneeze. Why don't you go to Jonathan first on the hitters, so that way I can wrap up on Dahl, and then you can segue okay, into fine. Dahl. Okay, great. Uh, John, uh, let's, uh, Jonathan, let's stay with you and uh, talk about the hitters uh, catching up for lost time in the AFL. Yeah, some, some, some guys uh, who can really swing the bat, uh, corner infielders I'll start with. Casey Gillespie of the, of the Rays, their first-round pick, uh, only played 79 games. Was actually uh, went on a little bit of a home run tear. Uh, started the year even as uh, as a college guy, they started him in the Midwest League. Uh, hit his way out of there, got up to the Florida State League. wasn't performing very well, but then he hurt his left wrist uh, and missed a good chunk of time. So he only played 79 games. So uh, again, there's another opportunity for a guy to use the fall league to make up for lost time, but also get him ready maybe to make a jump to to Double A in 2016. Uh, another guy in the Rays organization, Daniel Robertson, the shortstop, uh, had a handmade injury. Uh, I know Jim's going to talk about a guy with a handmade. Uh, limited to 82 games, did did make it back, um, but you know that it always takes some time to to get your timing and then and full strength and power back. Uh, you know, top shortstop prospect that the Rays got from uh, from the Oakland A's, uh, and then finally, I'm going to talk about DJ Peterson who. They were kind of a, a tough guy to, to figure out. This was a guy who was arguably one of the, the best pure college hitters in his draft class. Just had an absolutely kind of mammoth first full season. Some of it was California League related. Moved up to Double A, scuffled a little bit, but it was doing okay. Then went to the Fall League last year and really struggled uh, in the Fall League. Uh, for the first time, like really, really struggled. And it kind of carried over to this year, and he was uh, struggling. Uh, and and then was starting to figure some things out. He made it up to AAA, and, and then he hurt his Achilles. So he, he was limited in 97 games. So I think uh, Peterson and the Mariners are hoping that this time the Folly will allow him to kind of reset and, and get him back moving because he was the one guy that I think all of us thought he was at the very least was going to hit, figuring out where he would play. He's probably more of a first baseman now than a third baseman. Uh, but the, the struggles with the bat have come a, a bit of a, as a surprise to, to me at least. Yeah, and I agree with that, too. I expected Peterson to hit more, and you know, maybe the AFL gets him back on track. Uh, some other hitters who the AFL is going to give some much-needed at-bats to, uh, I don't know if there's anybody who needs at-bats more than Jerickson Profar, who does not qualify as a prospect anymore, but when he did, he was, Jonathan, I think you ranked him as the number one prospect one year at MLB.com when I was still at Baseball America. I, we ranked yep. him as the number one overall prospect in the game a few years back, and because of shoulder injuries, he's really lost the last two years. I mean, part of the reason the, the Rangers traded Ian Kinsler uh, to the Tigers was to make room for Jerks and Profar, and he missed all of 2014. The shoulder continued to have issues this year. He, he only played 12 games in the minors this year. Uh, he was supposed to be in the fall league last year and wound up getting scratched because of the shoulder. So I would think he's going to play, you know, nearly every day, you know, if he's healthy enough to. And that's, you know, the Rangers obviously have had a nice bounce-back season. Could be even better if they could have Jerks and Profar in their lineup. Um, another Ranger to watch, 
Lewis Brinson had one of the better seasons in the minors this year. Hit three thirty two with an ops over a thousand, twenty homers, eighteen steals, but he missed a month with a quad injury. And like a lot of the Rangers, super toolsy position prospects. He's still figuring out the strike zone. He's making some progress, but you know, any at bats he can get, uh, you know, will help him along those lines. And he's gonna, you know, play regularly in the fall league after after losing a month. He played about hundred and three games this year. And Johnson mentioned that, that I too would have a guy with a handmade injury. Rowdy Telez uh with the Blue Jays, nice breakout season in the Blue Jays organization playing at two class A levels and he missed uh most of the final month with a handmade injury and he will come back and get some at bats now. Uh for the Blue Jays, you know, with these guys, you know, any playing time, like like we said, you know, when we're leading into this segment, you know, these guys need innings, they need at bats, and that's one of the best things about the fall league is you can make up for lost time with these guys. One of the uh, season's worst injuries occurred in late May when center fielder David Dahl rated the top prospect in Colorado system while playing at Double A New Britain collided with his second baseman chasing a fly ball. He suffered a lacerated spleen and made the difficult decision to have it removed. On his way to the Arizona Fall League, David Dahl joins us now. David, it's Ed Randall. Welcome. Uh, thank you so much for your time. A couple of questions from me. What were your options after the injury, and how difficult was the decision you ulti- ultimately made to have your spleen removed? Um, there was... I had two options. One was to leave it in, and the other was just to take it out. And if I had left it in, then I would have had to be real cautious playing the, the next couple, you know, the rest of my career. Honestly, I'd have to wear some protective, some protective stuff, and and so I just decided it'd be a the best thing to do is just get it removed and, and go out and play the game and not have to worry about it anymore. In uh, 2012, you're the Pioneer League Most Valuable Player. You lead the league in hits, average, and slugging percentage. In 2013, you played only 10 games before tearing your hamstring. Then last year, you make the uh, All-Star team in the South Atlantic League. And then the lacerated spleen this year. Odd things, David, seem to happen to you in odd years. Yeah, it's, you know, it's just unfortunate, but you know, things happen. and You just got to deal with it and move on. And you know, It made me a better player. David, first I want to say thank you. I know your days start really uh, early uh, for those listening. You know, we're recording this uh, you know, around 10, 15 Eastern time, and he's in Arizona. So this is early in the morning for, for anybody, let alone a baseball player. So it's, it's appreciated. I know you're getting work in already. I wanted to go back just to, you know, when news of that injury, uh, the injury this year broke, uh, the news was, well, well, he's going to be out for the rest of the season, which – certainly made sense given the, the severity of the injury. How important was it for you to, to get back? Uh, and, and not just get back, but, you know, get back way ahead of a lot of people's schedule and, and get a, a good amount of playing time in, you know, heading uh, into instruction and, and then onto the Arizona Fall League. Yeah, I just, I just felt like, you know, the way my, my career had been going, you know, I missed a full season back in 2013, so I needed – as many of bats as possible and you know the doctor that I went and saw he he knew that also he kind of researched researched me and kind of saw that so I think we just just opted to get it removed and we did it laparoscopically so it was a way to get back even faster and the surgery went well and you know my trainer wrote a good rehab program and you know that went really well too so um, I'm just I was just happy to get back and playing. 
David, Jim Callis here, and uh, you know, you talk about making up for lost time, and, and we were just talking before you came on, how that's one of the best things about the Arizona Fall League is the opportunity for for players like yourself who who've lost at bats, and I mean, you've lost you know probably a season and a half in the last three years. How important do you think the AFL is in terms of helping you make up for some of that lost time? How enthused are you about getting the opportunity? And was that something that was discussed, you know, after you you had the surgery? They're like, hey, we're going to get you some more at bats in the fall league. It's a natural thing to do. Um, well, first off, I'm really excited to be in it. You know, it's something that the last couple of years that I've, I've kind of kept up with, and I've seen a bunch of you guys go, and you know, it's something that I've always wanted to do. So it's a it's a great honor to go there and represent the Rockies. And and uh, after the spleen, you know, there wasn't really talk about it. It was kind of just monitoring my health and making sure everything goes well. And then towards the end of the year, they told me that they think it would be a good idea to go there. And, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm just really excited to get started. David, what did you uh, what did you heard about uh, you know the the league in terms of the level of competition, what to expect from it? Uh, obviously, there are guys in in your organization who have used it to great benefit. Nolan Arenado was the the fall league MVP when when he was there, and it, it seems uh, that things are working out okay for him at the big league level. So, uh, you know, what what have you been told? You, you know, in terms of talking to people about what to expect from the in the seven weeks that you're there. Um, just that, you know, these guys are all, you know, on the brink of making the big leagues. You know, everybody's kind of right there in the competition. You know, it's like right a step right below the big leagues. So just facing all these guys is going to be a good challenge. And, you know, I talked, I lived with actually Trevor Story, and I'm going to live with him this offseason. And he he talked to me about it, just, just talked about the competition and how it'll be good for me and, you know, just go out every day, prepare the right way, and, you know, just see what happens. David, is there anything in particular you want to try to work on or anything in particular the Rockies want you to, to try to work on while you're in the fall league? Uh, yeah, they, uh, one thing that I'm trying to work on is more strike zone recognition, kind of, you know, working counts, not, not kind of just not swinging out a lot of, a lot of bad pitches because in the past that's something I've been, I've been struggling with and, you know, kind of just working on that. And then another thing is, you know, base stealing, base hit bunting stuff, you know, just things like that. David, we're so happy to have you with us, uh, especially up at this early hour. You have a long work day uh, out in Arizona. Thank you so much. Good health to you, most importantly, and continued success. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. David Dalfras, that'll uh, that'll do it for us. Uh, on behalf of Jonathan Mayo and Jim Callis, I'm Ed Randall. Thanks for listening to the MLB.com Pipeline Podcast. Thank you both. And on behalf of Jonathan Mayo and Jim Callis, I'm Ed Randall. Thanks for listening to the MLB.com Pipeline Podcast. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of 
of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.